0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Hello! Hello! Hi! How are you? Welcome. Energy! I
2: like Welcome. it!
1: Welcome. Welcome to the Playmakers. That is what we do. That is what we bring. That is who we are. It is 3 o'clock p.m., On the nineteenth of January, year twenty twenty two. Case you just, you know, emerged out from
2: an abyss. An
1: abyss of some sort. Was this the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? You familiar with the program?
2: Kind of, kind of, sort of. Glad to be here still.
1: Yeah. What's your name again?
2: My name's Adrian Hernandez.
1: Nice to meet you. It's your uh, fourth week here, third week here, third,
2: fourth week. Every day is a blessing that I'm here. Oh wow! Um, Just I'm just so happy to be here. Let, let, let's get let's get to it. How are
1: well, you? I, I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit tired today because uh, my brain has decided that two hours of sleep is like the maximum amount of sleep that we can handle right now.
2: That's the vibe you're on today?
1: That is the vibe. And usually people are like, oh, they drag ass all day, right? They're tired. Yeah. They can't think. I go opposite usually, at least in the moments in which I have to perform and be on. And so I'm happy that... That skill set is still at my disposal, and I'm happy that I was able to also make uh, my tennis lesson this morning. Not lesson. It was a clinic. We were working on ground strokes today, specifically our top spins. Start with our forehands. Get the brush stroke up. Backhands don't need as much work on that because that's just straight-up money for me. But the forehands, I'm telling you, it's it's harder to hit a forehand than it is to hit a backhand in tennis.
2: I say that all the time. Really, you do on the tennis court. Yeah, the for puck sure. that bounces. That's what I like to call yeah, exactly. it.
1: Exactly. It's basically the same type of physicality as as hockey and same type of trajectory. That's why I warmed up with tennis balls and did all that stuff ahead of game time when I was playing in college. Uh, Can you
2: do me a favor? Yeah. Um you saying you're on 2 hours of sleep, please do not crash until after 5 p.m.
1: No, like at about 6:30 my life is going to suck. Real <laughs> bad. And it usually does after the show. Have you noticed like any changes since you've started in terms of your energy levels after the show cuz I know you have like responsibilities that I don't have. You my have a child? child. Yes. <laughs> um there's a different level of onness when you have a when you have spawn, right? It does
2: give me the built-in excuse when I go home and I'm like Babe, work was tough today. Work was tough
1: today. Did
2: you not see tough what Michael McCarthy line. did over the weekend? And we had to talk about that. He's
1: still feeling good about his call at the end of the game.
2: He's still – and we'll get to that. But, like, I, I have built-in excuses – but, no, no, it's great. It's great to be here. And um, no tennis lessons for me. I might – are you – should I, like, with my son? Should I give him a tennis racket?
1: I mean, yeah. I'll even take him out, and we can go hit balls. I, I've, I've coached kids Lessons with, with Lindsay. No, le- legit. It would be hilarious. We can even tape it for digital. Uh, it would be awesome. I, w- I would absolutely love that because tennis is one of those great sports, like many, that translates to all of the others super well. And I think the best athletes in the world are tennis players. They run the most. They have to – uh do basically interval training because you have to be balls to the to the wall for every single Literally. point. And uh, you know, those five setters on the men's side or the three setters on the women's side when it comes to your majors, I mean they can go on for hours. It's it's a true micromanager utopia. Essentially. Well,
2: listen. Lessons with Lindsay is gonna happen mm-hmm. very soon then.
1: Okay. It's 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 about to go down. I would really enjoy that. That would be a great time and I need as many strokes as I can get with the racket because, as I said, the forehand is a little bit loose, but we have plenty of sports on our docket to at least get me at the right attention. Uh, We're going to talk to Trista Crick here in a few minutes about all of the NBA things and basketball theory mostly because now that she uh, has told me several times that that's a good question, I'm trying to be smart and sometimes... It doesn't always work out as well as I you plan. You are smart,
2: Lindsay. You I are. know.
1: But there's there's once you start having expectations, that's when you start getting into trouble. And that's exactly why after that conversation we have with Trista Crick, we're going to get into how long are championship windows built to truly last. How far is the space between the window and the wall? We'll ask Lil John and the Ying Yang twins. Uh, blast from the past to close out our first hour. Footies of footballs. Adrian, you're kind of taking point on that today. Uh, state of the hockey presser. We have Leon Seidel audio for everyone that will be enjoyed, and I've watched this video several times, and it still keeps getting better and better and worse and worse for people like myself. I loved it. I
2: can't wait for us. Yeah, to, uh, it's a great time. Play. It'll
1: it'll be a it'll be a real self examination in in many ways. And then uh, to close out the show, we're going to start. Maybe a a new bit, notes from the abyss or noted from the abyss because you mentioned earlier last week or at some other point in time and, and we all know how exhaustive I am when it comes to taking notes and preparing for the show and how much of that just goes into the ether. Doesn't get used, doesn't get noticed, just doing it to basically implant it in my brain and hopefully it sticks.
2: Well, not anymore.
1: Not anymore. Now we're going to do random sharing of said notes. And so I got some game notes from an uh, Edmonton and, was it, Coyotes game from the 21st of October. That coyotes? Just, yeah, oh, oh yeah. Talk yeah. some Coyotes? We got a deep dive and there's yes. jokes on here and everything. And so that's why we're going to do it. Uh, we're trying to end both of our hours with some energy, with some good vibes, because we only get two hours each and every day, weekdays three to five. And so we have to make the most of every single moment. As we are blessed, Adrian. So, we can not? we
2: are blessed. And can, are we going to the things You're going to stop cans?
1: asking me when we're going to start uh, talking about the sports.
2: I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm very I'll get I'm you very there. Excited. Don't worry. And
1: we start now. The can opener is the way we open up our show each and every day. A little more space to explore a topic rather than just like a ting, ting, ting that we got plenty of Twitter follows and dashboards to do that. Can of corn, can of worms, can of whoop-ass, whatever Bobby Boucher wants us to do today. And today we are talking about our futures, Adrian.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Lindsay, mm-hmm. I have something to admit. What's that? Um that? We, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You've been saying opening up a can of corn. I just want to admit, because I feel uncomfortable and I just want this out in the ether, uh, I've never had corn before. What? Never. H- how? I'm a very, very picky eater.
1: Same girl same. How do you avoid corn?
2: Um well, it comes out of a can. I'm not much of a can uh, out of a can person.
1: Canned corn not my favorite either. On the cob though? On the cob. You've never had corn on the cob?
2: No. I've tried it and it feels it, weird like tasting it. I've tried Sensory too. things. It's like a sensory mm, vibe. Yeah. I can
1: feel that on a multitude of Even levels and it's not sauce. for everyone. Interesting choice. I'm not going to judge you for that because I have a few you, random. Corn
2: comes with barbecue food, though, with like the bread, the roll. Not my, not my beers. corn on the cob.
1: Not, not mine. All I don't, right, I don't need eat soda. half of that other stuff that you're talking <laughs> about. That's true. I'm like you have the, the full staple of all of the, the meats and, and barbecue goodness. And I'm, and no corn. And I'm direct opposite. I'm corn, but none of the meats, none of any of that stuff. And that's why you and I are together and talking about our futures in which. We are really going to have to expand those uh, those diets because apparently Gen Z is ruining everything. Finally, the blame has been displaced from our generation, Adrian. The millennials, they're not getting married. They're not having kids. Well, you're having a kid, so you have enough kid for both of us. Baby. Uh, we can't pay off our student loans. We don't own any homes because we are spending all of our money on the student loans and the uh, credit card debt that piles on with everyone because we have no money because of the inflation and the stagnation of wages. All of these things. No longer our problem, right? Yeah. Well, that Social no Security longer. will be there for us when we're ready, right?
2: Well, maybe one or two checks. Gen sets. Z
1: apparently is a threat to yours and my professional future, apparently.
2: What do you mean professional future? Like the radio?
1: Like the radio. Like the sports. Because apparently, I, I'm, I'm reading this article that was published uh, earlier this morning from Barrett Sports Media, very, very popular site, especially within the industry here, And uh, what they're talking about here is essentially how people like us in radio, in sports leagues, how are you capturing the attention of Gen Z? Because they're a very unique generation that really hasn't ever existed in terms of shared collective human community where I can choose what I want to do at this time and I can do it, right? If I want to go find a song on Spotify, I can do it. Or even better, I can do it on the Odyssey app after I download that from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, search out the Playmakers and the Nightcap, uh, and well subscribe done. and share. I know, it's a it's, it's, it's pro-level thing. And a lot of those pro-level skill sets that I've learned have been brought to me through sports. And with Gen Z, obviously there's a lot of different fraying of the attentions, right? We have screens everywhere. There's so many different niche parts of the screen worlds, be that gaming, be that TV, be that blogs, be that Tumblr, right? Tumblr back Just in the day. Social media within exactly. itself. Exactly. Exactly. Given the TikToks. It's podcasts. Absent. Exactly. And kids are growing up quicker than they ever have before. And even before the pandemic there was Signs of a pretty steep decline in youth sports participation in 2018, according to this article. Only 38% of children ages 6 to 12 played team sports on a regular basis. That's down from 45% in 2008, according to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. And there can be a multitude of reasons why we are where we are. Because I just listed off a bunch of them. There's not a lot of money to go around. I remember in 2008, you remember in 2008, Adrian, it's a hell of a time for most right, of us, right? Take me
2: back to puberty. Let's yeah, do this. take us
1: back to puberty, but mostly the market crash and, and, and all of the, the bad vibes that were going on for almost everybody that lived here. Yeah. And what that did to the purse strings for the kids. Like I noticed there was a pretty steep drop off in participation in hockey, be that with people my age, because they just didn't want to put forth that money to continue, or it just got budgeted out. Or you see it in partic- participation numbers as these birth years move up, where you just see it at a, at a completely different number. And, all of that can basically be traced back to it's a really, really crappy time financially for people, and especially for games like hockey. That's so elitist. That's so expensive. It's not just the games. It's not just the travel. It's the equipment and everything else. It's completely untenable for so, so or many even, people.
2: Or even getting the access to like absolutely have that be a possibility.
1: Absolutely, but also too. How many, uh, how many jobs you got? Me, mm-hmm. two, two. How many people do you know that have one job? that are our age.
2: Very few.
1: Very few, right? I think parenting in general has changed and we are a generation that is now parents and just like how there's there's younger Gen Xers that are that still have kids that have yet to go to college or post 18 whatever you're supposed to do. Um, but in terms of the attention that you have and the attention that you give. We also have access to the screens. We also are running around going to our different jobs, different activities. You just have to pick and choose. And we're just not lugging the kids around at the same rate as we used to either. And so this article I just found super interesting because first of all, it's taking aim at the Gen Z, which I, I hate the blaming of the younger anyone's and it, it go, we all go through it. It's everybody's problems are always the, the younger people's bills, but in, in terms of your worries, you have a three-year-old son, Sire. Mm-hmm. Does he like sports?
2: Somewhat. He's more into comic books and like, yeah, animation things on his screen. You know, if he if if a Superman cartoons on and a football game, he's going to the Superman cartoon. Mm-hmm. Granted, he is younger, um, but yeah, he he goes he goes with the cartoons, trying to bring him into sports. He does know. I Told you earlier, every time he passes um, Allegiant Stadium, he goes touchdown, and just trying to bring. The sports into his life slowly but surely. Right at the same Exposure. time, and we're talking about the decline in in kids playing sports. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to put him into football until he's in high school, and if he, if he wants to do it first and foremost. Um, but and and being passed down, like I I got into sports crazily not only because cleveland is is a huge sports town that's all you have but directly yeah that didn't snow directly it was it was my dad it was my dad the cliche taking me to mm-hmm. a guardians game taking me to the Cavs games taking me to the browns games which for me i will do that um if my son doesn't become a sports fan i'm going to be devastated because this is this yeah. is what i do um but but i With that article, and it goes into just the decline of not only kids playing in sports, but their attention span um, and and watching the games and not wanting to go to games and just catching Mm -hmm. the highlights on Instagram.
1: Only 23% of Gen Z said that they are passionate sports fans. How many, how how they pulled the Gen Z I do not know, but comparatively, forty-two percent of millennials say that they are passionate sports fans. Thirty-three percent Gen X, and thirty-one percent for the baby boomers. And so, it's not like it's an overwhelming thing. Like we like to have an overinflated uh, idea of ourselves too. That everybody's into sports, everybody's on Twitter, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, whatever I'm into, everyone else is also into. But that has never been uh, not that more not the case. Uh, yeah. I think it's
2: overblown, though, to be honest, with their opinion.
1: Anytime anybody blames a whole generation for anything, it's definitely overblown.
2: But it's not even just like the younger generation. I just mm-hmm. don't think they're they're. We are learning more and more how to quantify things and put these things into you know. Before it was just ratings, how many people are listening to us right now? Mm-hmm. How many people are watching on TV? Well, some people are watching it. There's there's access in so many different ways that it, it's hard to to keep track of it, and we still don't have a concrete way. Of doing that. And also, like, you know, growing up, I used to hate when my friends would go, I'll turn on the basketball game when there's five minutes left because that's all I need to see. Mm -hmm. Everything else doesn't matter. It's the last five minutes. Well, it's taken a step further. We're like, I'll follow my favorite team on Instagram. They'll tell me the score. They'll tell me the highlight. So it's different. And I do think, like, professional sports teams, they're doing the best our professional sports leagues in general, they're doing the best that they can in getting into these areas where you need to be, whether it's TikTok, tock, uh, Instagram, Fortnite. The Twitter. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're in the
1: marketing ain't our problem.
2: Yeah. Marketing
1: in it- our problem. Retention is the problem. Our the way we treat kids in sports is a problem. The professionalization of youth sports. We talk about that constantly on this program because it is a constant thing. And, That's why you're seeing most kids leave the sport after three or four years and by the age of 11. You think you're done maturing by the age of 11, physically, emotionally, socially, any of those things? Absolutely. There's no chance that I'm sitting in this chair today if I quit sports at 11. There's no chance. Because like you said, you connected with your dad. You're hoping to do the same thing with your son. I, I became as obsessed with this to connect with my dad's as well. And so if you don't have that, and I know that's a struggle that a lot of parents go through because you want your kids to like what you want, but you also don't want to punish them for it. And it, it, there's, a, there's just kind of a realization process with with all of that. Um, but it means a lot to a lot of people. And and I think, as we've talked about previously on this program, it's an essential part of our maturation process as, as human beings, being a part of a community. And sometimes that isn't in sports, but the numbers right now don't indicate a society that reflects the same type of values that um, are learned at the same rate. And sometimes that's a better thing. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. Uh, but regardless, if you're not getting out and about, even if your kids like aren't in the leagues, go play catch with them, go outside, go do something. And I'm not trying to be like older, younger lady shouting at clouds, go play outside. Cause that's what I did. But seriously though, because it's so easy for us to get sucked in. And so, the, and the kids learn from us by mimicry anyways you have to show them the way. You have to show them intentionally, and that's really what sports is all about. Where do I put my foot at this moment in time? Where do I send the puck at, when my person is over here? It's all about those little developments of the micromotor skills of of all these things that are just so hard to find in the real world considering how limited our social interactions are these days.
2: You're 100% right. It's all about participation. It's about making those memories. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine a younger not kid. not about winning. No, Well, I mean, but to a certain extent, like like a child growing up the Knights' first year going to the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. being a kid, oh my God. that's what makes lifelong fans. Yeah. And, oh, I was with my dad, and we were there, yeah. and they won, and they did the impossible. Yep. Ohio State winning the national championship in 2002 is such a big—I remember everything about that day mm-hmm. starting at school. So that that does play a part. But I just think, like in this article, it doesn't reference— everyone else like award shows the oscars uh the grammys the mtv uh music video awards all right. these all these different places and all these different areas of entertainment like they're all trying to play catch up and trying to get in with this new wave and these kids are going to dictate it and the sports leagues are going to have to transition not only access to 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 play the game just with other kids but going to these games it's super expensive and do I even want to go to the game? I have this nice 80 inch Samsung TV yeah. with 4K, and like to me,
1: and going- so does cost ten bucks, and yeah. parking's fifty. And guess yeah. what? I have to leave three hours early because traffic's the worst. And how much is gas right now? You yeah. know, it, it all adds up to being easier to say no. And so that's why I think we have to do a better job of, of fortifying our yeses and laying down foundations for people because it's just, it's hard to find that naturally and it's hard to stay in it because there's so many different things that can happen be that bullying or your parents are all over you or you're just not having a fun time. Again, getting on the outside of the sports before that age of 11 is a huge, huge problem for everyone. Again, we are opening a can of whatever that was. That's what we like to lead our show off with. but on the other side of the break. best interview that we have during the week, Trista Crick bet MGM Tonight host of bet 1140.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas.
1: And joining us on the line is the host of Bet MGM tonight in Odyssey Sports, betting insider Trista Crick. Insider called are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. Bet Smarter and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Trista, how's that Winter Abyss treating you, friend?
3: Well, it's actually fun. 40 no it's 55 degrees today in washington dc which is i mean it's damn near balmy out feels pretty good i'm looking at somebody wear shorts outside which is how you know i live in a cold area
1: yeah those types of people are always really interesting it's like what are you trying to prove steve your toughness to wear shorts outside at this time but it's 55 that is swimsuit weather at least for for my minnesota roots what About you, Adrian? No, same Back. thing.
2: Like you know, you don't want to wear jeans all the time. Yeah, no, You no. Gotta bring out the shorts when it's over fifty in the East Coast. Shout out Adrian, to you, Steve. Where are you from? I'm from Cleveland. Mm. I'm from the land. Can we jump into the basketball? Because I have a Cavs question for you. As we mm-hmm. start off. My
3: tagline, off. my tagline, Adrian, for Cleveland is Cleveland. Actually, not terrible.
2: Thank you. It's actually super fantastic, Trista. Please, please. It's fantastic. But let's get into this NBA. I wanted to ask you last week. uh, I'm glad I waited till right now because the Cavs are on fire. Uh, Biggest win streak in the NBA, five games in a row. They've won six out of seven. Uh, Just had six-game West Coast road trip. But for the first time in my life, I was born in 93, the Cavaliers actually have stability in their front office. Uh, They gave an extension to their general manager, Um, Kobe Altman and they gave an extension to their coach JB Bickerstaff so it's a two part question first is uh, around the NBA how is the league reacting um, to these extensions I know Kobe at the start of the season was on the hot seat what he's done this year is incredible and then my second part to that question is are the Cavs going to have one or two all-stars is it going to be just Darius Garland or is it going to be Darius and Jared Allen both having phenomenal seasons you
3: know if I had to give it I'll answer your second part of the question first. If I had to say one of those two, I would say probably Jared Allen, just because of like how the whole thing goes with front court and back court, and how much back court talent they have uh, on the east. On the east, so I think Darius deserves it though. Like I really like his game. I think he's a better version. I know this is gonna sound like real Homer based but like he's a better version to me of like a CJ McCollum, like very smooth, silky game, like long rangy, good footwork, he can shoot, like great demeanor, just very cool and calm, like definitely still has some like, how would I call it, frenetic energy when it comes to like crunch time, but I love his game, and like truthfully, I don't know how you feel Adrian as a a Cavs fan, but like, I'm not sure that both of him and Colin Sexton together are a great fit, I think he needs like more of a floor general, like a like a Rubio, like a, like a Jalen Brunson, like a Chris Paul. There's not very many. Like I talked about last week in the league, so uh, I think this team is on track for the first time in a long time. Like you could even say, and this is going to sound like a hot take, but it's really not meant to be, that this roster is better constructed than any of the LeBron James rosters that we've seen like it they make sense it's not just like LeBron Kyrie and a bunch of dudes even when it was like LeBron Kyrie Kevin Love and then like a bunch of guys that didn't make any sense like J.R. Smith and like you have uh, Iman Shumpert and like Matthew Dellavedova, and Timothy Mozgov like that that <laughs> roster was not great right yeah, like no, you 100%. know that you knew in your heart it was like Iron Man LeBron James plus everybody else right or Thor or whatever you want to call him right so I have to say, when this team announced they were going to get Evan Mobley, and then they already had Jared Allen and they extended him, and then they grabbed Laurie Markman and Taco Falls, like, what are they doing? This All is the seven no footers? Yeah, like, what's happening? This is a league that's going small. Why are they going big? And you know what? Sometimes zigging when other people zag, when you're on the hot seats, like, one of the bravest things that you can do is to be that innovative. And it's it's working. All their big men have different defined roles, and they're really good at them. And he squeezed out of the juice all that he could get out of all the talent that he has, and it works really well together. Plus, Isaac Okoro is killing. They're one of my favorite teams in the league, truthfully. Uh, and I think that the rest of the league is responding like, wow, you can really turn a team around fast if you know what you're doing. And J.B. Biggerstaff and, and Kobe Altman really are doing a great job, and they're they're working in lockstep. I love it. You guys good? You guys good with the Cavs
1: talk? You got Did it you all out? Smiling? Yeah, I,
3: there's, there's a lot
1: of smiling and going on over there. Let me mosey my way in here, uh, Trista. That is a smoldering take that seems to get better as more time goes on. What better describes the NBA today in terms of space creation? I exist and succeed within the cracks, or I bowl and counter confrontation until the dominant yields? The first one?
3: <laughs> I think the first one. Um, I think it's one thing to boulder in and to create space through power. Uh, it's another thing to be mobile and turn your body and to twist in in order to like get through the very limited space that you have. And I think that's a, a an it's like a harder skill. Uh, on top of that, it's like one thing to have power and to just bulldoze. It's another thing to have like a nimble ability to get through into the lane and slice and dice. And I think it's like a much in- more interesting thing to watch, too.
1: Trista, it sounds like you're describing my tennis game this morning because typically I like to take <laughs> things with power out there and the slice just wasn't there. But if you had a time machine and you could take one player back to a point in their own career, who do you pick and what moment in time do you return to and why?
3: Say that again. If I had one player to take them back into their career, mm-hmm. in a where time would I machine. go? Mm-hmm. I would take Dwayne Wade, and and I can put him on any team. Yep. So I would probably take the, the early heat prior to getting LeBron James, and I would take that version of Dwayne Wade, and I would put him on the Portland Trailblazers and pair him with Damian Lillard. Because that version of Dwayne Wade not only was like a tremendous leader, an elite scorer, nasty defensively, offensively, like Dame needs help, Dwayne Wade's one of my very favorite players when he was in his prime. uh, He had, like, all the tools, all the gifts, and the mentality. And, like, I just miss him, man. I just miss that version. I feel like he went out and his, his, like, career faded faster than I wanted him to, and it kind of makes me sad.
1: Yeah, Pat Riley and his and, and his penny pinching definitely ruined the ending to that movie. We'll have to have LeBron and his his friends write something different, at least his other friends besides Dwayne Wade and the Banana Boatsman. But we're used to seeing the Denver Nuggets in the conversation, but they're hovering at 22 and 20. There's so much power in the Western Conference. Uh, they're 15 and 13 against opponents in that conference so far. So they're right on the edge of that play-in. What in your mind stands in their way of the upper echelon caliber this season? Because they already traded for Aaron Gordon last year.
3: Health, decision making quality, um, Jokic being like a superhero. You know, I don't. I just don't think that the Nuggets are going to be able to to return to where they were in the bubble. Like, I just don't see that. You got Jamal Murray coming off of a very serious injury, and now he's rehabbing. Who knows when he's going to get fully healthy? You know, Michael Porter Jr., is he ever going to be healthy again? Like, I don't know. He had issues and questions coming into the league, right, with his back. He didn't play a game at Missouri. So, like, that really concerns me. You know, getting rid of or not committing to or not investing more energy in Jeremy Grant, right? And now, listen, Jeremy Grant's now the bell of the ball. Like, right now, he's the only one anybody wants all around the league. And you had him. And you wasted him, and you chose to invest your energy and give a role to other players and now look at you. Um, And so, you know, Jokic you have, but everything else you don't. And so, to me, the Nuggets can't. And Aaron Gordon, to me, was like, let's make up for the Jeremy Grant mistake. Let's trade for a guy who's, you know, bigger. He can defend. He can do a few things. But, like, I'm not a huge fan of him. Uh, in terms of his game. I know the Blazers wanted him and couldn't get him, and I was happy that we didn't because we were probably going to have to pay a lot for him. So I don't see the Nuggets right now being able to contend unless some sort of modern medicine miracle happens.
2: Uh, You're talking about Jeremy Grant and being on the uh, trade block. So as we get closer and closer to this trade deadline, uh, Brandon Ingram and Miles Turner, I know Miles Turner is hurt. Um, Are they... They going to be on the trade block? Or or is someone going to make a move to get Brandon Ingram out of New Orleans?
3: Man, I tell you what, he could use a change of scenery. Um, I don't know what Brandon Ingram's upside is uh, from, like, his his ability and his skill and his clutch moments that he's had are certainly worth noting. But I, I probably had one of my worst interviews ever with Brandon Ingram, uh, like, of anybody. I don't believe he it. just was just non, non-compliant, non-responsive. Like, I asked him to get some B-roll for us, and I was like, hey, can you, you know, give give us a layup or a dunk or something? And he's like, nah, I'm a gonna. Uh, like, okay, Brandon Ingram. Like, so, he doesn't seem like someone I would really want, like, from a mentality standpoint on my team. He was a rookie at that point with L.A., so maybe something changed. And then in terms of, like, Miles Turner, anytime you have a big man with, like, significant, consistent foot lower extremity issues, it's just – and he says he is unhappy with his role, which, you know, fair enough. Like, that just – I just sound the alarm bells, don't you guys? Like, like I don't know. Like, it seems like he wants an extension. He wants more money. He wants a lot of things that I'm not even sure he's proven yet, and now he's not even going to be ready to play any basketball until after the trade deadline. Plus, you can't even evaluate guys from a health perspective until you have them right now. Like, in the offseason, you can actually do some due diligence, and you can't right now. The only thing you can do is, like, trade for him and then, like, void the trade if he doesn't pass a physical. I am out on that. Yeah, what do you get fined?
1: 50K if you mention him in a press conference or something? If if somebody else's name on, on another team, it's ridiculous. But definitely yeah. a lot of options being explored in trades. Uh, we'll we'll explore that as we go through our conversations in the coming weeks. But who is the most acrobatic shot creator off the glass and below the bucket in your mind? And, and how do they contort Kyrie. their body? It, it, and if you could just describe it from a insider basketball
3: view. It's like, it's Kyrie for me. Like Kyrie has shown you multiple times. He has the ability to create English with the ball in a way that's like, I just never seen it before. His, Like, I I don't, his core strength and core flexibility and his, and and another thing that's really insane from someone who's like had some significant ankle issues, his ankle mobility is like, uh, I've never seen anything like it. He can basically go 45 degrees on each side, just literally with his ankles rotating each direction to the point where you're like, how is he not falling over the ground? So his ability to move not only in space but to do that with the basketball from, like, his handles, all of that mobility in his ankles, which is why that ankle sprain was, like, so sad because you know it changes how your body moves, like, for maybe ever. Uh, So he just is, like, one of the most flexible, strong, like, nimble human beings and, like, the most skilled. I'm not a huge Kyrie Irving person fan, but as a basketball player, like, it's just unreal to watch him.
1: Who's unexpected first half success? Do you think has the most staying power? Be that a team, an individual? Uh, give me, give me something.
3: Memphis, Memphis. I think they've come out of the block and surprised everyone. I think a lot of people thought they'd be like a six or seven seed. You know, maybe another plan tournament. Maybe they were a year away. They traded a guy in Jonas Valanciunas, and it didn't really make a lot of sense at the time. Like we're like, well, where are they going to get this offense from? Like they traded Grayson Allen. Like what's happening there? And, and now you see the, the picture, and you, you know, and you talked about this um, when, when you asked me about uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and how front offices really matter and that continuity and that vision matters. What they're doing is you know, very much true to their identity, and I don't think that's changing. I don't think that they should make a trade at the deadline unless that's somebody for, like, Derek White or, and, like, D'Anthony Melton and maybe, like, Tyus Jones, guys who you're probably not going to keep they are on expiring contracts. Like, to me, Memphis is going to continue to be a a top four, top three seed in the West. I think that they can make significant noise. They're deep. They're athletic. And, listen, they're battle-tested. They go down big, and they still win games. I don't think that changes. I think that, like, builds into you, and it's led by Ja, and Ja is that guy. He really is that guy. The rare, hold your cards
1: and see how special we actually are move. That's very bold, but they are playing some great basketball, though their winning streak was snapped. So that's really the only reason why the Cavaliers have the longest acting streak. So just so we can put you in your place, Adrian. Just so we can put you in the place, I just got to let you know. Last question for me, Trista. Uh, The most underutilized part of the floor is X, and who's best equipped to take advantage of that area that is not doing so?
3: Ooh, man. The most underutilized part of the floor I mean, these questions are just tremendous. It depends on, I guess, like who it is. The un- most underutilized part of the floor for someone like Ben Simmons is anything outside of five feet, <laughs> right? Like, and if you relax if too, Tristan, <laughs> if he could use that part of the floor outside of that, then the guy would be probably a Hall of Famer. Um, like he would be one of the best basketball players on earth because defensively from like a distribution point of view, like he can be – if he was as arrogant and is like – had as little shame, because that's what it is, right? Like to shoot when you're not good at it already is like shameless. There's no one more shameless at shooting the basketball for no reason than Draymond Green. Like if Ben Simmons would shoot as much as Draymond Green outside of five feet – We would be praising him, uh, but instead it's just like right underneath the basket for him and that's it. And sometimes not even then, uh, like we saw in game seven. So I would say that, like anything outside of right under the basket for Ben Simmons. And if you could open up that part of his game or the free throw line, for example, as well, like he would be worth all the draft picks for him.
1: Trista, I know that Ben sure doesn't wish that he's in the building, but we wish you were here hanging with us in Vegas ahead of the big football weekend that we have here, but we do enjoy talking NBA hoops, deep dives with you each and every Wednesday.
3: Same here, guys. Same here.
1: All right. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great show to you, and uh, be well, friend you guys soon all right Later. that was the host of bet mgm tonight in odyssey sports betting insider trista crick be sure to listen to bet mgm tonight podcast for more of trista crick's analysis just search out bet mgm wherever you find your podcast also check out her nba podcast called the heat check it's super great also wherever you find those podcasts on the other side of the break sports yeah
0: You found The Playmakers, only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas.
1: A little silk sonic in their new residency announcement to say congrats to Stacey A., who went a perfect, perfect... 10-0 10 and 0 last week. Adrian, but needed the Rams Cardinals tiebreaker to bring home the $2,000 prize. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the giving props, which is back for round two of the postseason. If you missed this free to play contest last week, no problem. It's a new week, which means new props. Another $2,000 is up for grabs. All you got to do is go to betql.com to sign up. 10 new props each and every week have been posted. We're talking like Jamar Chase over under 89 and a half receiving yards, or like a Debo Samuel over under 106.5 combined rushing and receiving yards. I mean, Josh Allen passing touchdowns, all these props are at your disposal. Uh, $2,000 drawing this week if you are the winner. Also, if you do sign up, you are entered in for a random prize drawing for up to $10,000. Head over to betql.com slash props to make your picks. That's betql.com slash props. And we are changing on the fly here because we are a little bit long in the voice today. And we are going to go through quickly the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, new schedule, at least for the month of February. They have five newly scheduled games. Originally, they were supposed to play Edmonton on the 14th of January. They will now do so on the 8th of February. Uh, that game that was supposed to be against Calgary on the 15th. It was supposed to be back-to-back. Uh, now also part of a back-to-back on the 8th and 9th of February. Colorado and Vegas on the 16th of February. LA and Vegas on the 18th of February. And Vegas and San Jose on the 10th of April. I think or no, February twentieth. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so it seems that we have our two Canadian uh, back to backs, and then uh, basically our, our one of our tours through California, all transparent within the month of February. They are not the worst hit team when it comes to this schedule, as we know the Canadian markets uh, have been postponing games due to not having fans, due to COVID, whatever. I think the worst uh, month schedule probably belongs to Ottawa. They have. 15 rescheduled games and I haven't had time to cross-reference this to their original uh February schedule which was that Olympic break so they're gonna be playing 15 games in the month of February which is our shortest month in the calendar year uh thanks a lot Julius Caesar I Uh, do
2: like the the NHL dropping in season schedule changes and then you're know, right. to make all these announcements. Just like
1: SNL, put it up on the note card for the host <laughs> and the musical guest like two weeks ahead of time, and we'll be there. Set your DVRs. But again, on the 8th, 9th, 16th, 18th, and 20th of February, there will be Golden Knights games against the following Edmonton, Calgary, uh, Colorado, LA, and San Jose, all transparent in the month of February. Again, those schedule announcements are part of the new dates for 98 games that have been postponed over a two month period. Uh, Just earlier this year, some other changes had to be made to other games to accommodate all these schedules, but we will get more into that in the second hour. On the other side of the break, Blast from the Past.
2: You
0: found the Playmakers only on 1140 The Bet, Las
2: Vegas. Someone's got a blast.
1: Blast from the past, that's how we roll our final segment of the first hour into itself in the year 1966. Uh, Gandhi led India. He was elect- or elected to the prime ministership of India. That's in 1966. That's how many years ago? You do the math.
2: Uh, don't let me do the math. That was a long time ago, more than four years ago. How yeah. about that?
1: But more importantly, more importantly, in the year 1915, the very first electric neon sign was patented in the United States whoa, whoa, by George whoa. Cloud of Paris, France. Slightly big deal here in the Las Vegas area. The neon signs, kind of, ever so slightly, just a little bit. Yeah, I, have you been to the neon museum? By no, the way? but I've walked past it, and I've been to the Natural History Museum or whatever that exhibit thing is right next to it yeah seems sick though
2: it's like three bucks for locals really it's three dollars it's in, like they have a show before you actually go into the museum mm-hmm. um listen neon museum if you're listening you're one of your your tour guides because you do the show then you wait in the lobby and then they take you like through the actual yeah. signs of the past yeah that guy's very long-winded explaining all the signs Whoa. i know you need Are you to know rocks from our glass house right now. yes yeah, like Whoa. let's let's wrap it up. You know, I mean, we got 15, 20 signs. It's a big
1: trebuchet you're rolling out from from the wrapping up over there. Yeah. We don't need to be tossing that over here. <sighs> Everybody's just trying to make their damn money. You're
2: right. You're right. We're um, just trying to
1: pay them bills.
2: Can we can we talk about another anniversary? Yeah, Raiders fans, uh, brace yourself. Twenty years ago today, uh, it was the anniversary of the Tuck Rule game.
1: Can you explain that to people who may or may not know what that means?
2: Um, It was the beginning of the Patriots dynasty and just the way that they have ridiculously won cheating or non-cheating ways of winning all these Super Bowls. Uh, Tom Brady had a fumble that the refs ruled that he was just tucking the ball into himself, Mm. meaning that he wasn't throwing the ball.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a fumble.
2: Or that he was, no, no. He he,
1: He was throwing the ball.
2: That he was throwing the ball. right. And they said, no, he wasn't. Ultimately, but rest... we're not looking
1: for an answer. We're just looking for confusion.
2: Yeah, it, well, that's what it was. Yeah. The, the whole thing was confusing. Just know that the Patriots kept the ball. Um, it wasn't ruled a fumble. Mm. It was the start of Adam Vinatieri, one of the most clutch kickers of all time. And that led to the Tom Brady Super Bowl runs and the Patriots' first Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, and 20
1: years later, we still haven't won, but we made the playoffs this year. Do you think Giselle walks at the Rio Olympics if that doesn't happen, the tuck rule? Because probably universe it doesn't you know I mean, what she she is her own universe obviously she it was on her own trajectory before she met tom but you have to start questioning those things so that's enough time where maybe we just don't get that email
2: i don't think we do maybe we don't honest. do the
1: cameo and taxi with queen latifah and then jimmy Fallon. i don't know maybe we that never is... know the butterfly effect is it expansive as is our second hour of the sports on the other side of the break 11 the bet.